You're listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API. Now from the Nowcast Network Studios, here's Mike. Hey, welcome to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez. And before we get going, let me introduce the guys. All of them. <laughs> Over here on my right, we've got the one and only Martin Page. Uh, hey, Glad yay. to be here. Thank you. Next to him, we've got Bobby Osinski. Hello, 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 everyone. Next happy to him, holiday. we've got Scott Gershon. Hey, happy holidays. Next to him, we've got Bobby Summerfield. Hey! hey. Ooh. Hello. 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 <laughs> next to him, we've got Mick Peck. Hello, Mike, and happy holidays, everybody. Hey. And next to him, we've got Brandon Birdsign. What's up, Mike? And finally, over here on my left, the one and only Iron Man of the Audio Nowcast. This is show 142 for Woo. Mr. Rob Arbiter. Hello, everybody. Hey. By the way, also, I don't know how long it's going to take Mike to post this, but I want to wish everyone a happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> it's not going to take that long. You don't think so? <laughs> well, maybe. But. <laughs> happy Flag Day, everyone. And, uh, just to be safe. Just, I, I want to so. warn everybody, this is our uh, holiday, end of the year podcast party special. Extravaganza. I'm there a little pissed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, and I like the outfit that you brought in, in, in the new year, the diapers. Yeah, okay. it's, it's All right. look. See? See what I got to put up with? <laughs> but... Um, we have a couple of uh, guests that were with us this past year. Um, one of them was uh, Mickey Caputo. Mickey, Hello. welcome. Thank you. Hey. And, and then we have also um, the one and only Fred Mandel. Fred. Hey. And then we've got, <laughs> we've got friends and family sitting behind, so it's uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to have hey. They are the strippers. Oh. Except we planned to put their clothes on. You know what? This, <laughs> this seemed like such a good idea on paper. <laughs> Where's the pole? Bring everybody together. <laughs> There's a reason why I don't put Bobby next to Martin. <laughs> I said, can I sit next to Paige? He said, no, 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 definitely not. Stay to the table for you. <laughs> I did. I did. And even then, we're still a little close. So, <laughs> Anyhow, guys, um, it's been a great year. Uh, the podcast, I don't know. We don't do any advertisement. We keep on growing. We're almost to 400 likes on Facebook, and we're averaging – now we're averaging 3,500 uh, shows a, a download. We boosted our download rate by 500, so that was really good. And I just want to thank all the listeners out there because really – if they don't download it, our numbers don't go up. Not that it means anything, <laughs> because we'd still we do, do it anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on. How many of you guys actually listen to any of these podcasts? Yeah. <laughs> Although we live there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I'm on that, I listen. <laughs> Transcribe it. <laughs> uh, but, um, that was good. <laughs> but this past year was a really great year. And uh, I just wanted to take a little bit of time right off the beginning just to talk a little bit um, a little bit of tech. And on the back end, we're going to reflect on the whole year. But um, And I promise you we're not going to spend a half hour talking about tablets, okay? I think we've pretty much killed that. I know I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) What sort of tablets like Adderall and uh, (laughs) 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 – I want to start off off with – because uh, mainly because it's probably the safest topics to do with the group this big. But um, I want to reflect on the on the last year that we had. And I just really quick want to talk to different people and find out um, what was their best thing, their best music thing that they bought this past year and why. And I'm going to start with you, Martin. Um, 
the, the best gear I got this year would have been um, the Moog Sub Fatty. was very impressive. Ooh, I yeah. did enjoy that. It was a, a great keyboard um, to get my hands on because it, it was so... You played with the knobs, and you instantly were you had you had a very an amazing sound. I mean, to me, it was the, like listening to the Moogs from the beginning when they first made them. And I had a, a Jupiter eighty, which I'm still enjoying, and a little bit complicated to work. But those two keyboards have been a delight to work with. So those are my choices. It's amazing how you know I saw you when you got the the Jupiter eighty, and you were really excited. But mm. when you got that sub fatty, yeah, that was and the fact that you could touch the knobs Absolutely. and mess you know mess around with them. And well, there's the fact something is, I don't it. really know what I'm doing with it. So, <laughs> as soon as you touch it, something great happens, and that's, that's, that's good. That's good in my book. I think knowing what you're doing is overrated anyway. <laughs> Brandon, what about you? Uh, for me, it would be the uh, Prophet 12. Pick that up. Oh. That would be a fun. It was the new thing that oh. came out this year. I was like, wow. i got to get a hold of that. It's got a lot of cool features. I haven't spent as much time with it as I would like, but he, still playing with it. He like, You laid down a sub fatty, and you raised to a profit 12, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. It's got great reviews. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everyone's been raving about it, so. Um, I've, I've been able to, you know, it's, again, it's the tactile thing. You can start yeah, twisting yeah, yeah. some knobs and get a cool sound pretty quick. Yeah. Nick, what about you? Uh, I think the big thing for me this year was that I got uh, my Neve 8816 up and working with wow. my radar and, you know, through, you know, some some Neve sounding compressors and mic pre's on it. And it's really a very nice way to be able to sort of round off some of the sharp edges of digital. And I dig it. It's wow. really great. Bobby. Yeah, a similar sort of thing. I, I got the uh, my VR last year, got it finally rebuilt and recapped. Completely rebuilt, and it's an 88R now, and it gets installed in seven weeks' time. Wow. Now, my, my, my current console, I'm console-free right now. Really? So I bought a Dangerous 2 box, which is really, really good for monitoring and, uh, and, a, and a Procasti reverb. And I've got wow. a, I'm all in the box right now. The M7 is awesome. It's Excellent. That's it. Beautiful box. Do you still have your Soundcraft? Or is gone. That, that's gone. 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 And it's, it's, getting, it's, new, it's doing a session tomorrow. It's cutting a band tomorrow. Wow. First i got to come see your studio. Yeah. Well, it's actually horrible right now. It's a big open space, but it's great. That's why. I mean, yeah. I'm just used to it. <laughs> yeah. Bobby Osinski, what about you? Oh, God. I'm going to be so mundane here. The coolest thing I got this year was a snark guitar tuner. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very cool, by the way. It's, it's, very it's cool. $8. It works like a champ. It's brilliant. I, I've never seen anything like it that was so cool. Awesome. Scott? Oh, God. Um, trying to think. Uh, I'm not sure if I got it this year or this year, you know, end of last. I think it was the Axe of X2 oh. and a Duesenberg guitar. Oh. Two really different things. Uh, and the Axe of X just kind of gives me all the guitar amps. And Man, and it's taken over. I oh, know so many people like it. It's that. great. And the uh, the Duesenberg is uh, a guitar out of Europe that's... And it's really old. Was it? Uh, yeah, it's... it's yeah. <laughs> I don't... I get this nice... Kind of sound. But uh, no, it's, it's a great guitar. It's kind of semi-hollow and P90s on it. Kind that's of awesome. Cool. Hey, that's the best thing about doing this podcast because while Scott was talking, Bobby and Brandon went into like ninja Roadie mode. mode. <laughs> yeah. And Tony was adjusting his microphone, getting it all Can't out. help so, I know. Yeah, but nobody heard that. I mean, you're talking pros there. <laughs> Um, Get the Mickey, off his how about you? Well, I promised myself I wasn't going to talk about my 1986 BC Rich Mockingbird. Like I did the last time, but that was my favorite purchase other than uh, the Apogee Duet 2. Or rather, the Duet for USB, which I really like. Awesome. Fred, what about you? Epiphone Nighthawk. Wow. Uh, I, uh, I, I was looking for that, and I went through about 10 of them until I found the one I 
I really liked. It's just a kind of platypus of guitars. That's how I like to describe it. But it's got a kind of cross between a Les Paul, a Tele, and it's got a great neck on it. Awesome. I also bought an eighty-nine dollar guitar that I can beat the shit. Can I say shit? Beat the shit. Whether it'll last. Yeah, you can raise the bridge, do anything. It's eighty-nine dollars. It's like a Pete Townsend special. That's going to be awesome. The edit's going to be. Can I say beep? It'll beat the beep. Oh, the beep was shit. Sorry. The beep was beep. Rob, what about you? Well, for me, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I've actually been doing a bit of traveling this year. Yes. You bought an airplane. In other words, <laughs> yeah. No. Have you his car? <laughs> he didn't buy an airplane. Well, neither have I. Uh, no, I've been traveling like crazy, and so this year I actually bought a bunch of mobile stuff, um, basically mobile versions of some of what I have big installations of in the studio, so uh, like the Universal Audio Apollo and things like that, building mobile Pro Tools rigs to be able to carry all over the place. And I have different sizes. Some work I just do out of laptops. I now travel with three MacBook Pros everywhere. And I have all the software and all the instruments and all the other software I need. Um, Lots of porn. Tons. <laughs> Rob, Rob, one whole laptop. all the tablets that you're using to do all of That's the right. digital And all the tablets. <laughs> all right, Mark. So, Mike, how about you? Yeah, let's hear it. Because I know you buy a new toy every five seconds. Not every five so seconds. This has to be the best one. <laughs> Well, I will it's, say the best thing. Oh. It's a tablet. How <laughs> <laughs> did I just narrow it down to one? No, I really think the tablets. The, uh, no, I'm serious though. The, but it's kind of a combination of the tablets and the software because it's it's maturing so fast and it's just going so quickly that um, it really it's it's shocking how workable these are. And if you listen to the previous two podcasts and you've falling asleep somewhere around minute 15 because we've talked to this to death but truly you know the revolution is coming if you tell sleep at minute 15 you miss three quarters of it (laughs) 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 but um, no I I just think it's you know it's not too often when you can really just see the paradigm shift happening and it's happening despite what Rob and Bobby say (laughs) Um, but the reason why I want to start off with that is because um you know, there's a lot of interns that I work with, and I work with a lot of young mixers. And it, to me, it just seems that um, this one friend of mine who who is a audio engineer, you know, I, I always ask him about gear, and I always ask him about stuff, and and he doesn't invest in in his tools, and and he always asks me why, and and I wanted to show um, people that you know the pros and everybody around here is a pro, you know. We do this stuff. We're constantly investing in in our studio. We're constantly investing in ourselves. And when you get that choice, you know, that option, you know, maybe when you're starting off, it's a little more difficult to to make some of these bigger purchases. But there's some sacrifice that has to happen down down the road. You really have to um, choose what's important to you. And if your career is important, you're always going to invest in it. And, and I just want you guys to uh, to thank you for helping me prove a point. <laughs> I don't know that I helped. I don't know that, that I helped. No. You did. You did because, $99 you know. dollar guitar. <laughs> but see, that's just it. It's like you got to be willing to pick up crazy little things just to try them out. I mean, let's. here's another one. How many people have bought a piece of gear and you thought it was really great, and you end up like, oh, I hate this thing. It's like, sure. you know, you invest, and it could be hundreds, it could be thousands. I'll tell you, for me, it was the Yamaha TX16W sampler. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that oh, I saved up. So it was like 
fifteen hundred bucks, and I saved a ton of. I saved up for such a long time to get it, and I got it, and I was so bummed because it did not work. It was horrible, and and it's just the price you pay, you know, when you get into the biz. You know, you're gonna buy gear that. Um, that you're not going to use. And there was no e- eBay back then, you know? I forced myself to learn that thing. I was like, all right, obviously I am not getting something here. And I <laughs> sat there with the manual day after day trying to get something good out of the TX-16W. And finally I just gave up and it was a got an emulator it to was it. Was like, oh, there it is. Okay, yeah. now we're there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we got to really quick. I just want to know. Okay, so I spent 1500 bucks on something that was totally useless. Anybody spend any any I have, I have at least this A track that's got I think maybe eight hours mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. And how, how much I thought that? I bought it. Oh, it's gonna be great. I'm A track. I'll use it at home. They got busy with a bunch of projects. Said, no, I'll use it. I'll use it. And then oh, computer. Oh, look at that. <laughs> and then I said they went. Oh, okay. But it's really cool. And I think it's got maybe ten hours on it. Wow. How much was that? I just want to see what the oh, who, three four thousand. Oh man. Wow. Oh. Well, what about you, Ron? Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> I think I probably have you guys completely beat. Yeah. I mean, if you just even want to talk multi-tracks, uh, those Sony PCM 800s, which yeah. was their version of the D88, I bought four of them. Two of them have four hours on them total. <laughs> and they were, what, four grand each? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's crazy. I've got... They were great. They weren't as horrible as the white Tascam. Well, that's yeah. true. They were a prettier color. I have six <laughs> Sony BVU-800s that were over 20 grand each. <laughs> I mean, if you want to play that game, we, can, be a, we can fill out the hours. Uh, the whole, cr- whole crowd went, oh. <laughs> and you try not to think about it, but one piece of gear in those days cost more than a whole studio. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. I, I, I made a classic rookie mistake when I was young, and I went and I bought a Les Paul Professional because I saw Terry Kath from Chicago using one. And this is not the current... Les Paul Professional. This is the one with the low impedance pickups that had no output whatsoever. And I saw him using it, and I thought, wow, if he uses it, I should get one too. And I went and I got it, and it was the worst guitar I've ever (laughs) had. It was just horrible. I couldn't wait to get rid of it, and I spent a fortune on it. Okay. Okay. I was just going to say, I can also wrap this up. I'll just throw more... Two more out at you that are painful. <laughs> the Hartman Noron synth for Ooh. six grand. That's six thousand dollars American, ladies and gentlemen. Ow. And an Open Labs Nico keyboard for twelve grand, which Ooh. was supposed oh, to yeah. be, <laughs> which was supposed to be the answer to all portable music production. Ooh. Whatever happened to that? Ooh. Okay. All right. Now I wish I had a prize for you. <laughs> oh. Okay, so now no totally prize about one hundred fifty. You, know? you know what ends up being the prize? The Hartman Noron and the Open Labs Nico and all these other things that if you want to come visit at my place. You're welcome anytime because <laughs> I can't get rid of them for what they cost. Yeah, that's ever. I don't think you can get rid of them actually. <laughs> but you know what's awesome is today. Really, I mean, what what are you going to do? You're going to spend ten so bucks and buy a app that you don't use. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like buy as much as you can, try it all out, try all the different things because it it was a lot worse. Just ask Rob. <laughs> I'm, I'm so used to buying like outboard gear. You know, yeah. you buy an even time or something, and you you, you have three to five thousand dollars gets outlaid. Well, I just went on a huge shopping spree buying plugins, and I think I maxed out at two thousand yeah. dollars. Then I'm going, I don't know how many. I just stopped counting how many I bought. Wow! And I said, Oh, this must be a lot. You know, ninety nine, hundred ninety nine, seventy nine. Oh, forty nine special. <laughs> Next thing I know, it's like two grand. I'm like. I will say, back when all these expensive toys were out, the production budgets and everything else were much better, too. It's not like people were buying them based on what the budgets are today. It used to be that you could actually afford these things on a project. And actually, in their defense, I bet you all those toys, unfortunately, the hardware toys that you're talking of, even the crappy ones, most probably have more character than 
some of the good plugins. A lot of them do. Yeah, that's the trouble. I mean, they still have a they'll have a sound whether or not you like it. It's just like, not a good yeah. sound though. Well, but I mean, that, that's <laughs> that sometimes is. I know. Good, I know. Yeah. It depends <laughs> on what We're you're talking about. Don't get yeah, me yeah. started, boy. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready I, to take you this, on. Come on, I'm ready. I got my tablet right here. You know, having a lot of outboard gear and plugins. You know, plugins have their own signatures now. Yeah. Like a lot of multi-band fill-in-the-blanks, um, which is not as common in hardware. But in plugins, there I don't know. I think that we're now entering it into an area that's just unique. Right. Saturators yep. that just have real interesting character, and and I'm it, it's great. I mean, it's getting its own unique signature. I'll tell you one thing. Um, I caused somebody to spend some money that for some things that they uh-huh. didn't use. Why did you look at me? Because <laughs> what is it? Remember the, the the PC that we got that we thought you were going to use and you n- and never ended up using it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Mike, you really walked me into it. <laughs> <laughs> a chasm I couldn't get oh, out. Of. Yeah. Twice. I feel bad. <laughs> that was the. Um, I'll tell you what. It was a P. We were setting up Martin Studio and we we got the Mac fully loaded and then at that time PC was was hot also. This is before Mac really took over. So we got the um, what was that really good Giga, PC? Carillon was it? No, yes, the, yeah, Carillon, Carillon and the Giga, Giga, Giga Studio. Yeah, yeah. that's the one in the bottom. Yeah. I've seen it in the bottom of his rack. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Perfect condition. The, the Carillon yeah. Windows yeah. ninety eight. I think. Is oh, it was <laughs> it was a it was a great computer. It was really good. We used it once, but um, but you know, we but was, your defense, we you were, weren't sure how I was going to. Yeah, work, we were so. still trying to figure out your workflow, and yeah. your workflow did not include the PC. Absolutely. But um, yeah. anyhow, uh, yeah. So you know. You buy gear, sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss, you know? So that's why around Christmas time, you should ask for gear. Anyway, um, let's change subjects really quick because uh, I wanted to talk to you, Bobby, about this, get your opinion. Um, this past week, um, Beyonce um, released an album that was truly unique in the fact that it had no pre-press. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and, and what do you think? Was that uh, good, bad? Is that hurt her sales, help oh, her sales? It was brilliant. She released the, the album without any uh, – Promo. It was stealth completely until the time it was released. Uh, two things, though. First of all, uh, only she could do this or someone like her. So Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, someone like that could have pulled it off, but not anybody else. Um, the other thing was that was part of all this. The strategy was there was also an exclusive on iTunes for a week. Mm-hmm. And as a result, there's a backlash where Target basically said – well, because you put, gave iTunes an exclusive, we're not going to carry it. So um, now, despite that, she still sold over 800,000 uh, worldwide digital albums and broke a record on iTunes. So it, it worked. It worked very well. The other thing is also it's a, it's a visual album because there are 17 videos that were released simultaneously. Right. You can't get to the videos unless you buy the album. And you can't buy singles. You can only buy the album. Well, n- not until the 20th. The, oh. The 20th, everything else drops. Yeah, she called it, um, I think on iTunes, it was a, a visual album. A visual album, That's what yeah. she called it. Now, let me ask you a question. Um, it breaks all these records. It's all, you know, uh, everybody's giving it all this praise and stuff. But why, how do we know it wouldn't have been just as big, if not bigger, had she done the whole pre-release, the whole build-up, that whole thing? Yeah, we don't. But uh, I suspect this was better. Well, first of all, one of the things that it stopped was any kind of uh, leaking. Right. Beforehand, because no one knew about it and it wasn't being distributed for promo, it wasn't being distributed at the pressing plant. So, in fact, you know, it stopped the leaks. So, yeah. that's a good thing. 
But you know, I don't think we know if it's going to be bigger or not. It's amazing you didn't hear anything about this because if you think about it, it's hard enough to do an album and keep it under wraps, but to do all those videos and keep that under wraps. Yeah. I mean, you can the imagine crew. the non-disclosure agreements that the crew had to sign. You know? <sighs> Must have been pretty tight. But apparently no one knew about it because it was only the people that directly worked on it. And um, the they structured it in such a way where everything had code names, so no one really knew what was going on. Yeah, they probably yeah. weren't sure what it was going to be in the end. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's true. I mean, Has anybody could... heard the record? Silly question, I suppose. I've heard a couple of tracks. Yeah, yeah I've heard a couple yeah. too, yeah. Good, good stuff. Yeah, well, it's what you would expect. No, nothing, I mean, nothing. Well, the, the, the thing to me is, you, she can't do anything wrong at this time. So you, you, you're thinking a bit like you think a bit like the Beatles. You know, if the Beatles had done this, and yeah. when Radiohead did it, and they said, you know, you can pay any amount of money you want for the for the album. You can imagine when you're in that um, powerful place, yeah. you can do this. Um, so, I mean, the track sounded uh, what you would expect from her. I mean, very exciting, and the, and the videos are. Very, very, you know, unique again. Production. It's like about 30 tracks. There's a lot of songs, isn't there? It's like, yeah. a, it's like a triple album. Yeah, and the production is just phenomenal. I mean, I love listening to those big releases where the production is just top-notch. I mean, everything is just top-notch, you know. Best plugins, reverbs, the way they record it, the mastering, everything, 100%, you know. I bought I bought it a couple of times, yeah, because I wanted to see the videos as well, yeah. Bob. You know, I, I live with that stuff, yeah. you know. I'll, I'll give it to you if you want to check I, it out. I'll put it on... Because I know you're a big Beyonce fan. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. Actually, no, I, I thought I'd stick well, it Because you're wearing the T-shirt. Okay, <laughs> SoundCloud and share it. And, this is, <laughs> and they're separated by two people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get near it. Moving forward. That's stupid. I don't know. You can imagine if we were at school, we would have been... You were, yeah. We wouldn't have lost it. Anyhow, I just wanted to... Yeah, I wanted to get your opinion on that because I found that... Pretty fascinating that everybody um, kept it quiet. Well, it was brilliant that they that she could pull it off. I thought, but again, there's only a handful of artists that can yeah, do that. And, and as Martin said, you know, you have to have the the power. You have to be on top to be able to do something yeah. like that. And it's a celebrity factor as well. She has a big celebrity factor. So, well, you know what though, I think, really, I think anybody could pull off. Dropping an album without announcing it. Oh, anybody can do it. <laughs> yeah, we can all do it. Right? But whether it's just going to nothing sound. <laughs> most people do, yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. It's I can't smart. imagine anybody wanting 17 videos of me. <laughs> well, I would. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. That's right. Come on, sit here. Me. Sit here. <laughs> the nude ones, the ones you normally send me, those ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, um, with a donkey. <laughs> exactly. But I think. Is that what you've named it? Yeah. <laughs> as his, as his nickname. All right. Let's, Donkey let's, 2. Let's land. Let's land. Listen, what I think that's, that's good about this, though, is in this day of age where everybody's oversaturated with information, right. I think what's interesting with Beyonce's album is everyone felt like they missed out on news that they thought they should have known. Yeah. And I think it became like, what? I don't know that? Yeah. What, what's going on? And it's like, oh, did you hear about No, I didn't know about that either. So all of a sudden, it, that concept makes everybody want to talk about it because right. they thought there was something they missed. Right. And, and people aren't used Good to... Observations. Yeah, people are in this day of age aren't used to missing out on information. And I think that it happened. I don't know if it could keep happening on every artist. Right. But, well, you know. See, week, week two is always the... The, yeah. the telltale sign, because if it drops 80%, then you know that it was you know strictly the hype right. or lack of. Right. Uh, but if it keeps going and it's you know it drops 20% or 30% like normally happens, then, right. then you know, it has some legs. Now let me um, 
as long as we're talking about music and we're, we're going to kind of have a you know, retrospect of this last year, um, anybody want to talk about um, – well, I'll start with you again, Martin. Um, tell me a piece of music, album, something you heard this past year that you really, you really dug. Um, the last song I wrote I think is great. <laughs> <laughs> I really think it's strong. It's really strong. <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing. I, I think this album was released uh, – last year but I'm not still knocked out by Paul Simon's last solo record I oh. just think that that's pretty an outstanding piece of work for an artist who's just you know a great songwriter and the more I sort of lived with it I just think I've been thinking that that was a, a, a brilliant record so um, that still sticks in my mind as um, an exceptional record which is Paul Simon's last record yeah Bobby O what about you uh Boy, again, I'm kind of mundane with all this. Uh, Paul McCartney's last record I really like because it went to a different place than he normally goes. Um, he's losing his voice a little bit, and, and it's kind of like shaky anymore, and that's kind of a drag. But he's still a great writer, and, and again, he goes into places that you never expect, and that, that's what I kind of like. Uh, and come back to me, and I'll tell you something newer. Okay. I think of it. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what about you? Me, you know, I... I've spent the last year and a half working with this uh, sort of pop and rock band and listening to a lot of the same stuff they listen to because it's been sort of all-consuming. We've been doing a ton of writing and recording and production and stuff. I I try to pay attention to what is hot in the market right now in that genre because I need to really understand that genre. So I've much more been driven by singles and and radio hits and that kind of stuff in the last year and a half. Any particular uh, one? Um, no, I mean, I, I, the kind of artist that I've had to sort of pay attention to because we're going to be in the same genre of is like Pink and Kelly Clarkson and Liz Fair and, uh, you know, artists like that. And so it's sort of that genre. I mean, Muse production wise. Mm, yeah. So you and Bobby can get together and listen to your Beyonce Pink albums and, uh, I didn't Justin say Bieber. Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> or Justin Bieber. <laughs> uh, just, uh, Bobby, you're trying to red there. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing all right. <laughs> Brandon, what about you? Any any piece of music this past year? You know, I'm sitting here looking through my iTunes going, what the hell really got to me? You know, hey. I guess I'm really just jaded? waiting for – Yeah, jaded, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, what what else is going to be there? You know, I'm, I'm, I listen to a lot of score stuff, so I'm, it's – it may be cliche to say because he's like the big dog, but I love – Anything Hans Zimmer and his team's putting out, right. you know, I love listening to that stuff. The Sigur Ross album this year, their, their latest one was pretty good. I love all their stuff, but that Icelandic band, if those of you who don't know them, but awesome. very, very cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got one I just thought of uh, Mute Math. Oh. I love those guys. Yeah. And uh, again, as a, a modern rock band, they oh, yeah. go to places that. Their first yeah. album, Take Control, I love that yeah, track. Yeah. That's an awesome I thought Arcadia Fire, there was some uh, inventive stuff in their, that was their, good. their new record as well. That was you know, I haven't listened to it all because it's a double album, but I was <laughs> impressed that they um, didn't hammer the, um, the compression on that record and it had a lot of soul from them going to Jamaica. So mm -hmm. I think they took a chance. That was Def really Punk, too. That, yeah. That was yeah, I was going to say Def Punk, too. I've always yeah. loved them. Fred, what about you? Anything this past year that kind of uh, lit your fire? Yeah, a couple things. I think uh, my friend actually produced some stuff in Nashville. He produced a band called uh, Rival Sons, and they're a brand-new kind of rock band out of, out of Nashville, southern band, really good. And he also produced a friend of mine who's under the wire, and I'm hoping he's going to get above it, but he's 
one of the best blues rock guitar players around, a guy by the name of Philip Stace. Oh. And he's got a new record coming oh, out. Course. And, and yeah. Philip's been noted by a lot of people. He's just sort of simmering there. Yeah. And then a band out of L.A. called Vintage Trouble. I really like those guys. Great. Uh, which are kind of a throwback, but they're a really exciting throwback, R&B and rock band kind of merged together with some heavy stuff. Wow. And what about your new solo? Oh, well, I can't talk about that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> talk about that. Ah, <laughs> uh, welcome. Thank, Mickey, thank what? you, Martin. They check us in the mail. Uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll get to that. Don't worry. Mickey, what about you? Um, you know, I, I'm probably pretty behind in all the new stuff. I find it pretty hard to, to keep up, but I just saw a band. Um, one of my buddies plays in a band called L1011, and they just uh, headline at the El Rey. And That's cool. they're amazing. They're two, you know them? They're a two-person uh, band, and they do live looping. And people are really catching on. So That's I'm cool. Really, I really dig them. Promote. I like to promote. I'd like to promote them right now. <laughs> <laughs> you are. I think seven seven listeners. Still Roses <laughs> is like the newest thing that. And that's like from the 90s. So that, that's where I'm at right now. Other than you know, it's all good. some of the cool looping stuff. Awesome, Nick. What about you? Um, I was pretty excited when I discovered online some people that had been doing orchestral recordings in Europe at like 192K24 or DSD and then turning it into flax and just having them up and available for anyone to download who just really love high-end classical music that was beautifully recorded. Uh So, I mean, you can just hear the ambience of the hall so wonderfully. So I was remembering some some Schubert quintets that I had downloaded for free from the Internet. That's It's a beautiful world out there, you know. Thank you for not disappointing. <laughs> because, I mean, that's, that was like, that's exactly what I expect from you. That's awesome. <laughs> it's so awesome. Bobby, how about you? Um, nothing really, I'll be honest. Nothing really that blew my skirt up. Um, I and likewise, <laughs> that's what I was expecting. <laughs> I, I, I was actually equally disappointed with the Daft Punk record. Everybody was saying how brilliant it is because it's all analog right. and real and they played yeah. it live. Yeah. But I thought, well, they're trying to do stuff that was done 30 years yeah. ago and they're not doing it half as well as it was done yeah. 30 years ago. And it's it doesn't true. sound as good, so I don't know what the big deal is. But I do love the band, but I don't think that was a great record. Oh. And unfortunately, you know, not, not really too much. I sort of sound a bit jaded, but I didn't really hear anything that's... You are jaded. I am a jaded. <laughs> and you wear a skirt. But, but unfortunately, <laughs> as Paige says, uh, everything's so compressed and so yeah. unpleasant yeah. sounding that yeah. I get so fed but up with listening to it. Not that album, absolutely. the Daft Punk album. No, actually. no the not. Daft Punk isn't, but actually it should be. No, but <laughs> no. And Arcade, no, Arcade Fire is right there. No, you said, I, I would like to Yeah, Paul that. McCartney's, which I yeah, agree with yeah, you yeah. that he's a great writer, but they hit the spank wall. The hell out of it. It. Spank the hell out of it. Yeah. And that makes it difficult on me because, yeah. it, because it's just, it doesn't need to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But we are seeing a lot of the younger bands yeah. go back a little bit because uh, at least with Daft Punk, they went back to Gazowski and we're looking for what was great a great sound in the 70s yeah. and i expected arcade fire to be real loud and uh, they weren't so there's uh, obviously uh, a different vibe going around about that which i think is healthy it is, yeah uh, well beyonce's scott. too i think is a little down oh is it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah good scott what about you uh past year yeah this has been a strange year for me because i haven't seen a lot of daylight <laughs> so i haven't i haven't been as much i think for me this year has been more about you know i think i've Kind of got hurt myself on iTunes a little bit because I'd be like, oh, I remember this tune. I like that. I remember that tune. I like that. And, you know, I think I 99 sensed myself to death here. <laughs> you know, and I just started buying album and album. How, and just... how much Rush did you buy? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Maybe all of it. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I bought Super Trap. Um, I know I've bought, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, What's amazing with iTunes is, you know, you, you kind of become a kid. You know, I've got my albums, but right. I don't have a record player anymore. 
I got the CDs, which I don't use anymore. Right. So, but there's certain albums that I go, oh, I have the CD, but I don't have it on my, you know, iPod. So right. I should go get that. Yeah. And the next thing I know, oh, I didn't hear this. Oh, here's a side album that that person did. Oh, that's really cool. And next thing you know, you know, a day's gone by and you've just wow. gone to all these strange places and, oh, I like that too. And you start, you start downloading them and several hundred dollars later, you know, there so, you go. You have 19.6 awesome. days of music <laughs> you listen to. Oh, I was supposed well, to listen to it? I just, <laughs> I'll I'm just going down memory lane. You know? There's a piece of music that, that, I mean, I liked a lot of the stuff that came out this this past year. I, I liked um, Wang Chung's new album. That was awesome. And getting to spend some time with Jack, that was really cool. And really hear stories behind that. But one one piece of music that really spoke to me was actually the soundtrack for a short film that Disney produced. And that was a soundtrack for Paper Man. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. But that is such a great score because it told the story of that short film. And and without the score, that film would have been not even, you know, half as good as it is. I mean, the score was so amazing. You and know who did it? Yeah, Christopher Beck. Oh, the same guy that did the underscore for Frozen as well. Yeah, exactly. Which is also fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. And and it's I mean, I really if you want if you're a composer and or you want to be a composer, you want to compose for a picture, go um on iTunes or Spotify and and listen to that because when you take you can see it um, on YouTube I think you can find the the short but when you just listen to the music you can still see the short it just it's all still there and it's a great I'm a firm believer on just listening and studying music and studying what the pros do and and that is a it's a perfect example because you'll see all the emotional hit points. Boom, 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 and and what he uses to to get those emotional hit points. There'll be a little little string thing here, a little pluck here, a little bell there. I mean, it's just so elegant, and it's just so. I guess elegant would be the best way, and and um, I just it just reaffirmed. You know, this is going to sound really kind of dorky, but <laughs> but just reaffirmed just my belief in music itself and how music has so much power it's it can bring people together it can cause you to you know get angry it can cause you to laugh or to cry and it could just really control your emotions that's only when you're mixing it though <laughs> <laughs> that's true but you know what it can also tell a story and that's what was so awesome about what uh, what he did is it really told a story so well i'll tell you what you know what we're going to take a break right now on that uh, on that note because i'm probably going to go cry right now <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when we come back, we're going to continue the madness, and uh, we've got a couple other things to talk about. So we'll see you on the other side. You're listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Westwave Audio. Have a question for the panel? Would you like to be a guest on the Audio Nowcast and live in the LA area? Email us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com.
Hey, welcome back to Yadi Nowcasts. And before the break, I was, I, was, I was trying to roll. <laughs> We've been trying to roll for like five minutes. And then Bobby Osinski wanted to play uh, Truth or Dare. <laughs> Put your clothes on, Bobby. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a little, little crazy. Got a couple of bottles of wine. Uh, and um, Let me tell you what I think about your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's black. <laughs> you know it's a party once the hummus and pita chips come out. <laughs> See, and I think we should do a podcast, and everyone should bring iPads and FaceTime in. Just a table FaceTime. <laughs> I want to see a band where they come running to the front of the stage with an iPad mini doing a solo on that little... Uh, <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's, it's going to be great. It'll be wireless. Yes. <laughs> you know, from Dream Theater, he has an app on the iPad SynthWiz, mm-hmm. which is all about that kind of thing. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Look at a lot of the DJs out there, man, where the, the whole DJ thing is crossing the line between live performance, spinning records, and yeah. creating at the same time. And... A ton of those guys are multiple iPads running multiple apps. So I, I was just kidding. No, but it's going to happen. Actually, you know, you just reminded me when you asked us all a long time ago about what gear we bought. That's one thing I bought was a Tractor S4. It's brilliant. Last this year, I had most fun with it. DJ, bit of gear. Really? Yeah, yeah really great. You going back to your DJ days? Well, like, yeah, exactly. We see the way music's going these days. Once I start playing records, is make more money. No, okay. you, <laughs> no you, you're a good DJ, though. I've seen some yeah, of those no. uh, early pictures. And uh, yeah, obviously it wasn't me, but especially anyway. when he dances. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you know what I do now? <laughs> that he can roller skate. Yeah, 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 he yeah. can cut a rug on wheels. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> the strange thing is, though, he sends the videos of it to all of us. That's how I'm trying to. We have to respond. What else can they say? Like, oh, it's pretty boring. Hey, um, you know, as we're talking and we've got everybody here, and while I can still keep it somewhat serious, let's talk a little bit about the audio industry itself. Um, let's think Next. about. <laughs> let's think about a little bit. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get one serious in. <laughs> and and you know, for instance, um, you know, I went to AES show. It was really up. There's a lot of positivity out there. Um, at the same time, there's a lot of really great products that are coming out. Um, but I do know that it seems that there's this optimism that's kind of um, kind of percolating throughout the whole industry. And it seems like a lot of people are working. A lot of people are getting jobs. A lot of people are, are doing projects right now. Um, are, do you guys find that true? Do you find that was 200, you know, 2013 was it a, a turning year? Because for a while there, things were just diving. Studios were closing. But it seems like people are making music. People are working. What do you think? Bobby. Well, I, yes, I think um, the music industry is back. There's a lot of money, a lot more money being made. Uh, the budgets are getting a little higher. Uh, for me personally, it was a really good year. And for most of the people that I talk to that are still working in the industry, and what I mean by that is there's a lot of old farts that still complain that, you know, it's not like it was 30 years ago. Why did you look at me then? <laughs> <laughs> but in general, most if you're working in the business, you, you should be pretty successful right now. You should be, you know, prosperous. Right. Is the word. What about you, uh, Brandon? <clears throat> yeah, definitely. I mean, this has been a very busy year for us at Trailer Park where we can't even fit in our building anymore. And uh, 
I noticed just this last week all the music libraries and publishers are sending out Christmas gifts where the last few years they hadn't. So every you can like, all right, they're doing all right again. So that's important too because when the licensed music when that ticks up, there's musicians behind all that music, you know, and there's some guys that that's what they do. They just create uh, licensed tracks, and so it kind of has this little percolating effect of uh, helping everybody else. What about you, Rob? How about what do you think? I'm actually probably the wrong one to ask. I've been so buried in these projects that I'm in the middle of. I mean, I've been so busy I can barely breathe. Um, and that all picked up really in mid-2012 for me. So 2013 has just been a continuation of that. Which is good. And by the way, I actually talked to Rob on his cell phone, and I did the perfect Rob conversation because it was 37 seconds. Nice. <laughs> Got in. Told him a couple little things and got off, and he did not sound angry. Well, and if it was 37 seconds, you only stopped me from writing two songs. So, I mean, I appreciate that. Rob does not like to talk on the phone. No, Rob does not. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He's the nicest guy when you see him face-to-face. You call him on the phone, you think you just pissed him off. Like, what did I do wrong, you know? And then, call three in the morning. I'm in the middle of a session. That's true. <laughs> call no. 3 a.m. or 3 p.m. It does not matter. That's true because I actually did call him one time in the middle of the night. Woke him up. Man. Yeah, that yeah. was not good. That was scary. <laughs> I apologize for that one. Actually. That was worse than normal. Uh, but that was dire circumstance. That's when your hard drive died. Oh. Yeah, that was worth the call. That was. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Nick, what about you? Well, I think that there are always people out there who want to get into the business and who can't. Or, you know, or having a tough time of it or getting a little bit of work or frustrated, you know. I think that the full sales and expressions of the world churn out a lot of kids um, who have a lot of hope and whose parents or they, you know, spend an awful lot of money to give them an education. And, you know, it can be disappointing and difficult when they get out there and there's not something there for them to be able to do. I guess if there's anything I can – I have two things to say on this topic. First of all, I feel very blessed and very fortunate that I have a stable job and that I've been able to raise two kids doing audio production for all these years. So yay, hooray. Uh, I know that I don't take that for granted because I know that a lot of people – other people don't have that. And the other thing that I've noticed is that um, when I've been putting out some job recs for like junior-level sound designers, I am getting resumes from people who have 15 and 20 years of experience in the business. So that tells me that things are not all – you know, Hunky-dory. Dorian Roses, at least within the interactive audio post-production side of things. Interesting. Yeah. Scott, what about you and the film? Um, well, I mean, know, this is a big year for you. Yeah, you, no, you know what's changed. interesting is you talk about interactive, and it's, it's weird because I think uh, what I'm seeing is them who are working are working a lot and them who aren't, aren't. Right. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'll, I'll say that we've had a record year. We broke all, all records, uh, both interactively and film. And it's been probably the busiest year of my life. I've uh, been at two different companies, uh, and it's been nonstop. I mean, almost all year long. And I, yeah, I don't know what you know. You, you always wish for to be, it to be busy, and you're thankful when it's busy. And sometimes you just got to go with it, and, and you just got to go for the ride. But one thing that I am I am noticing in in the industry in a big way is that with the advent of cable TV. There is so much product being created that is audio. And I look at all of and, and we don't even really do TV, though we probably should, but I look at, you know, Todd and Sound Deluxe and Warner Brothers. I mean, Todd and Technicolor and Warner Brothers, and, and their TV departments are exploding. You look at the lots, and all they're doing is producing TV. 
And I think for those people that have gotten in, because Netflix is creating it, right. Amazon's creating right, it, right. Microsoft's created it, there's music being written for all of it. There's audio, there's yep. mixing, there's editing. There is so much work going on in those areas. I actually think that those people need to look into those areas because I think there's more product than, well, let's say it's more product than people, but I know people are doing pretty well because this huge increase in product. You know, that's interesting that you say that because I work in TV. We are just busting at the seams. And we're doing, you know, I'm doing network shows, but we're also, we're doing a ton of cable shows. And we used to do mainly marketing, commercials, things like that. And I still do my fair share of commercials. But now the shows that are coming down the pipe for the different networks, I mean, it's good for me. It's good for the other guys because we're doing some pretty fun stuff. But you just see it. There's so much content. And I'll tell you what, if you're in school right now and you're trying to think of a career and, and, Let's face it, music is not the same way as it was. It's just, it's a lot harder. There's fewer jobs and guys are holding on to them and you got to be really good to, to sit in one of those chairs. You know, it used to be the good old days of, you know, you're the assistant at night and they were looking for somebody to, to help mix this band on the weekends or something. Guess what? There's really good engineers now that are working those weekends because odds are he probably owns a studio because there's a lot of owner operators in their studios. But having said that, if you're looking for some work, going to TV and going to live events. There are so many live event jobs out there. If you could mix – like I get these uh, emails from a couple different job boards specifically for audio mixers. I just kind of want to keep up in what's out there and I see live event mixing Specifically, sports, if you could mix sports, if you could mix, um, and also studio, studio audience, tons of jobs out there for that. So, you know, that's that's not a bad bad industry to get into if you can get your live chops up, you know, and, and, uh, and go that route. Because, man, you can travel, you know, especially sports, especially networks, because NFL has their own network, Golf Channel, all these. And it's union. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, you're going to make money <laughs> so it's it's a if you're trying to think of you know where you want to go in audio that's a great place to to look um i also think you know the entertainment business is changing right drastically right now and i think what's happening is it's almost like a storm everyone's got to grab onto the closest tree and hold on really hard because what i think is happening is there's more well there was a lot more people available so they got them cheap everybody's taking actually a step down, not a step up. Right. But what's going to happen is, and, and unfortunately I do know a handful of people that are falling out of the tree. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and what's going to happen is they're going to go away. It's just, yeah. It just happens. After the storm ends, what's going to happen is there's going to be a set of people that become the standard players within this new paradigm. And if you can hold on and, and stay within it, then what's going to happen is those people don't, Yo, there's not going to be a lot of extra people available. Right. Those people's prices will go up. All of a sudden, they'll become the new standard of, yeah. oh, so-and-so, he's fast, he's great, I want to use him. I know it's a little bit more money, he's worth it. Now, all of a sudden, because it's, it's like session players. Right. You want to get the people that are good, they sound great, they're fast, boom. And, uh, and I think that's coming in the not-too-distant future. And, you know, I will say, too, that there's a lot of good people out there that are gunning for your job. So you need to stay – if you're out there working, you need to stay on your toes because there are – 
you know, you got the full sales. You've got all those schools. Most major universities now have a recording school or a media program. They're churning out these guys that are hungry, and you just need to stay on top of it because. But, but they don't have the experience. Right. That's what and I'm only saying. Only one percent of those people coming out are going to are going to be able to connect. Right. A really small, but. That one percent is going to be really good. They're really they're, they're really good, and, and you've got some great tools. And so, um, yeah, so don't ever get complacent. I mean, that's what drives me. I was talking to Martin yesterday, as a matter of fact, and we were talking about you know surviving and and just having a career. And it's one thing, like you know, my mantra: it's you know, it's one thing to to have a gig; it's another thing to have a job, to have a career. And and it's maintaining that career that that takes a lot of work and that takes a lot of of investment and um, you know you just can never get complacent because there's always a young gun that wants to sit in my seat. There's always somebody who wants to sit in my chair. And uh, well, Brandon, you know that too as a sound designer, especially for your job because our jobs are unique. Brandon's probably one of you know six guys in Hollywood that that do as specialized of sound design as you do. You know, I mean, there's there's just not that many companies that that have somebody like you. Yeah, it's a lucky little thing I fell into several years ago. You know, <clears throat> I was a music soup and I was doing this on the side and started designing stuff for editors and stuff and had a knack for it and became a full time thing. Yeah, so I was and, very lucky. And I see the young guys that come, you know, and work with with Brandon. And it's just he's all, you know, I have to say you're really good at what you do, but you always you're always doing you're getting, you know, investing in your gear and stuff like that. So anyhow, it's a good time to get into the industry, but you just got to know where you want to get in. Mickey, um. You, you work on, on a lot of different things. What, what is your opinion of the uh, industry out there? I, I think for musicians right now, the focus has been on licensing. And I know that's I've had some luck there this year, luckily, and I'm, and I'm hoping that's going to build. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, with film and, and music, it's one of the last American exports that we have. So hopefully it's doing well, and it, and it seems to be. But... You know, I think are the bigger uh, the question for for you maybe and for all of you guys is is the are the big boys getting bigger because the the, the medium guys or the former big boys have gone away. It's like the big guys and then a whole bunch of little guys. Well, there's some big boys that are getting bigger because okay. there's some. Uh, well, for instance, Cimarron closed and that got <clears throat> up, and we got a bunch of those people, and so we're getting kind of big. And yeah. at Trailer Park, there's and, only three major labels now. Yeah, they're all bigger. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the big guys are getting bigger, and so there's a raft that somebody put out, and the rafts are getting bigger because everyone's jumping on the three rafts. Yeah, but you know that's <laughs> it's all it's all fun and dandy. But the second that it looks like it's gonna go down, man, that's when you start seeing that axe come out and you start seeing people getting chopped. And you know, years ago when Fox let like you know twenty five percent of its marketing people go, you know, just like I mean, that's when those big axe come down. And Beatport just did that. Really, they got rid of two hundred engineers because of uh, uh, well, they were bought by SFX. And uh, they weren't making money. SFX went in and yeah. the axe. Yeah. yeah, that's why, man. You just you just can't become complacent. Hey, Fred, as a musician, how's it, how's the uh, what's it like out there for you? Well, I don't have the best perspective because I kind of a few years ago I was doing a lot of sessions, country stuff, a lot of country stuff, right, and uh, a variety of things, rock stuff, and playing on Anthrax records. Just recently, I did that, but <laughs> I, you know. Um, for me, I kind of removed myself from the scene so I could concentrate on my own stuff. So I'm not the best judge of what's going on there. But I sense that there's 
something percolating underneath. Um, maybe more rock stuff underneath. Because I know the southern bands are happening, some, some things are happening right. that people aren't aware of. But I think there's a desire to hear some of this stuff. And um, as long as that desire is out there, I think there are some bands that may be able to meet that. Right. But it just definitely has changed. There's a different, uh, you know, and I'm not happy with the moral climate of theft. I got to say that. Right. I, I can't, everybody sort of said, well, it's a new thing. But when you really come down to it, it's the same thing. We try to make music and make a living. And I have some friends who are going to have a problem doing that because their royalties are diminishing because of theft. And that's the big yeah. elephant in the room. Yeah, I, but the theft is actually going down this last yeah, year. I, it, it decreased substantially because of streaming. That's and true. it's going but, to continue to do that. There's, uh, there's lots of data that basically says the theft is... It's always going to be there, but it's not like it was. Yeah, but the monetization issue, you know, I look at my BMI, um, I look at my BMI statements and I see thousands of things, you know, songs I've co-written and things. And uh, get it on the internet, and you go. You know, guy said, anytime I want to go get a Big Mac, all I do is get a million airplays and on uh, Pandora. And then, uh, we'll talk about that. I'll tell you where all the money's going. <laughs> you, so, gotta, you know, you gotta listen to podcast one forty. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby really goes uh, goes into that. Yeah, hey, I mean, it, 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 I think it's still out there, but you know, I think no, there's, there's I, always hope. Hey, I'm not doing anything different than I did when I was four. So I got. What am I like? What am I gonna do? Become a CEO? <laughs> <laughs> Martin, as a uh, as a songwriter, you're kind of in your you know your own little world. Do you how is it affecting you? Is it? But I'm I'm like Fred. I'm in my own world. Um, I've I've sort of cocooned myself into um, what I do, and I'm just very very fortunate that a song like We Built the City just seems to be like a, a new single every year. So the royalties stay very. St- strong and have risen on some of the songs I wrote back then. And, um, you know, again, like Fred, I've made a, a, a definitive decision to pull away from it and to concentrate on on writing and my art. So I'm not really out there as much sort of pushing like I did when I was a young kid and running around the A&R departments. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> this will sound, you know, a little bit over the top, but I'm just still trying to get better at what I do. But I do feel that... Um, I've seen in my royalty checks um, on my on the songs that have done very well for me in the past um, uh, stronger leaps, and particularly on a song like "We Built This City," I, I, you know, it's almost like it was a single last year, and it's still getting you know tremendous requests for everything. <coughs> so you've, I just feel very fortunate that I wrote a couple of songs that people seem to think are um, standards. And they don't seem to go away. So I, I don't really know what's going on out there, right. you know, for the fighters that are going through it. Because um, I'm, a bit, you know, in my own world a little bit, just uh, trying to write. It's interesting, though, that that even though you're in your own world, it's yeah. still affecting you by how your songs are being played. Yeah, I, 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 I have noticed that there seems to be uh, activity on some of the bigger songs, you know, so you'd look at these dreams or King of Wishful Thinking, and right. you're seeing a, 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 an upsurge of people being enthusiastic and playing. Obviously, as Fred says in streaming, it's it's murderous. You know, you've got to play. You know, so we played a million times before you make th- three pence. So it's that's hard. But as Bobby was talking about, you know, that probably which I don't know about is YouTube seems to be one of the ways to go, and I'm very fascinated to find <coughs> out, find out about that. Uh, are Podcast one thirty nine. Yeah, are you getting more cuts or? Uh, just more plays. Um, it's a bit of everything. A, a, a lot of film work. Um, it's being 
we built the city has always been asked for for movies, um, <laughs> plays, uh, TV shows like The Voice and whatever. But um, yeah, airplay as well. It's been a, a solid airplay. Um, if I didn't have those songs from that period. Um, you know, I'd be down, you know, on the bridge now, probably drop, jumping off because <laughs> I can't imagine what it's like for a young writer to break through with it. I mean, I just feel very lucky that I was in a period of time, which was the 80s and the 90s, actually when I worked with, with Fred, actually, with Bernie Taupin, where um, there was a lot of reverence for what you did and the, the equipment you were using, as you said, budgets were higher. And... Um, you know, I struck gold on a couple of songs, and uh, I'm very aware of that. The other songs that have done very well for me sort of percolate, um, but this, this year has been better, and I can only relate to that because I'm cut off, and I just, you know, sit in the bath and look at the royalties and go, yes! <laughs> yes! Well, I will tell you that the... Uh... <laughs> By the way, bigger he has his... Bigger bath! His... I need a bigger bath! Come on! Make it gold! <laughs> And he has his bath out by the mailbox, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, oh, no. But you know, that, that just goes to show that the uh, Martin Page iTunes radio station that I started Did is, you start is working. It? So, oh, thank you, Mike. I, I just I just it. leave it on. It just thanks, man. I really Martin Page, yeah. all, all the time. You're a good mate. Good mate. <laughs> hey, Bob, did you no? want to say something? Well, I was just going to say. Uh, you know, I've Skyped in from Austin a bunch of times uh, for the podcast, and it's because I've been spending so much time in Austin. I think I just finished my 21st trip there for this project in the last year. But um, if you ever want to be someplace optimistic about the music business, Austin is an amazing example. You know, everybody says it's the live music capital, and, and uh, the truth is when you get there, every single place you go, you run into musicians who are completely optimistic, who – all just love what they do. They make music all the time. Now, it's not all great. You know, you can't, you can't just expect to find the next greatest thing every single place you turn. But every good restaurant, every good bar, every good – every place you go, you get to hear really good live music. And you do hear people who you say, that's an amazing talent. You never know who's going to make it or not because that has so much to do with things other than talent. But just the overall atmosphere there is so incredibly optimistic about music. And I'm sure it's not the only city like that, but it's the one I've been plunked into a bunch of times lately. And it's, it's amazing how positive everybody is there compared to like LA or some right. other places like that. Everybody's well, also, I think <laughs> a lot of great musicians. I mean, I've been hearing a lot of interviews and what yeah. I've been keep hearing from all the musicians is the money's in live music. Yeah. I mean, the studio deal is not going to happen. So it's almost becoming, it used to start with live music and then they wanted to record it. And now we've been all recording and now we're back to live music. But these again. people aren't making great money because there's so many of them. Making, but, but it depends on where you've come from. Are you going up or going down? You used to make a lot of money, now you're not. Or you're now making better money because now you're playing out more. I think it's a lot of people who don't care about the money as long as they're getting by and they just love music that much. Right. That's, that's just refreshing. I, I don't know who said it, but it's really true. Uh, the way it is today, making a living is the new success. That's yeah, right. Music. Surviving That's is the new well success. Said. That's true. Yeah. Hey, uh, really quick, Bobby, um, what do you think? How how is the industry? Um, you know, where been, you're. At? I mean, if you're asking the question, original question was how was this year for me yeah. or us rather? Um, this was my best year ever, um, and I, you know, I've got a music library and I write music for television, so right. I've been very <laughs> television. You know, yeah. But I've been very lucky. I've got a couple thousand tracks with ASCAP, so. As, as Paigey says, I get uh, tons of sinks and, and uh, a couple thousand. 
2,700? Bobby Summerfield Radio Station. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby Summerfield Radio Station. (laughs) None of you would want to hear, but either way. (laughs) No, but but the nice thing is, um, you know, uh, it's been a very good year, and and the economy, US at least, is starting to turn around, so it's been stimulated. There are lots of more places for music to be required, more advertising, more TV shows, more everything. So, yeah, so for me, it's been fantastic, and I do see a positive... I'm glad, actually, what Fred said, he's hearing, like, lots of great southern rock bands coming out, and, 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 and uh, Rob's saying, um, you know, in Austin, there's people that are optimistic about music and are live players, because that would actually, I would love to see that be the next piece right. in that puzzle. Hey, you know, I'm not, not being, you know, delusional, and everybody's going to go and start playing live again, but it'd be really fantastic to see uh, an optimistic twinge in the world again, because yeah. everybody's become yeah. extremely negative. I, I know we went through a financial disaster in the world, generally, and music generally does reflect that, but it would be fantastic to start to see artists actually start to get rewarded by either being paid money-wise and with love from, from their fans, and actually start to do some creative stuff, because that would be brilliant. So. I, that's, I'm amazed. That's like a positive comment coming from you, Bobby. Well, there's been, some, a, there's been, some, <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of wine down there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's right about no, that. No, it, 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 it's true. You it's read true. the comments on uh, Facebook or anything, you know, someone will say, I love that. There's 48 hating comments, yeah. you know. Right. And music has become so disrespected uh, as a simple art that anybody it's can true. do. And my problem is the concept of great, which was a, a bar, has been diminished, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jimi Hendrix is great. My cousin is great. You know, <laughs> that's the problem, yeah. is yeah. that the experiences we had, when I, at least when I was younger, I took for granted that this is where the bar was set, and I figured... I wouldn't be able to play by my age because everybody would be so good, I'd be just out of it. And not that that has happened, but the bar is different now. And I still think that intrinsically there are a lot of people, and I think it's up to us to not forget where that bar was set. I agree. And there's a a thing uh, Paige touched on, and we've spoken about before, and I think you were talking about, there was a stage, and I'm not talking about being an old guy, oh, yeah, 30 years ago was brilliant, but... 25 or 30 years ago, the equipment was very expensive to make, uh, to buy for a studio. To be a musician, you had to at least have uh, five years into your instrument, if not 20 years. But I mean, right. you, you, and, and uh, musicians used to thrive on chops against each other, either being, a, whether it be in a yeah. writing sense or creative lyrics or, you or know. Or a rhythm section. Or rhythm yeah. section or yeah. being, being able to shred, being able to just be like really good pocket players. There was, there was a, a subtle class that was there right. that is not required now because of course with the button pushings of computers it's very easy for and the grid to, and, and everybody yeah. quantizing which is fantastic and I'm not knocking I love it I use it all the time brilliant but that that quality was a, was a really good filter because you couldn't really get in you wouldn't really get into a studio unless you could play something but these mm-hmm. days if you can't play anything it's actually a positive it's like come on in you can't sing brilliant you'll be a star come on in but you know so so if 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 for me, not to be too positive, if that starts to change a little bit and we do start to get a little bit of the Dirty Loops kind of bands into the world, you know, like the young guys, the Dirty Loops guys, have you seen the yeah. Dirty Loops guys? They're youngish guys that like doing um, reharmonizations of, and cover versions of, of, of pop songs, but they do really good versions and they're all good players and singers. Um, it'd be really great if we start to see a little bit of energy come back into all art. I'm yeah. not talking about just music, though, because I do criticise, I think, a lot of the movies are pathetic. I mean... They're just like video effects and some excuse of a story around it just to show off the yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, dude, so you can spin that thing, that's brilliant. But what, what are you talking about? Oh, he loves her. Okay, let's So it'd be really great if you got a little bit of that. And, and hopefully that will happen because I think the world is getting saturated on negativity and I think they're getting saturated on, on average 
copying and, and just duplication. I think we could be the beginning of a stage. Just hopefully we'll all live long enough to see it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, um, a glimmer of hope. All of the um, research out there indicates that within five years, the music industry is going to be back to where it was at its peak in 1999 and maybe even exceed it. Wow. And that's, that's that, primarily... That's financially, that's, that's numbers-wise, right? It's numbers-wise. It's right. financially, but don't forget, it all trickles down, even right. though, so, you know, you're going to have the major record labels and, right. and the majors of whatever in, part of the industry, they're going to make the most. Money, but yeah. it's going to, you know, trickle down. But uh, we're going to see, because of streaming in the yeah. music a- area, we're gonna, it's I mean, going to explode. I mean, you look at the Xbox One... And they're trying to say, hey, put all your music here. They're trying to take on iTunes and say, this is your new music library that can disseminate to other places. I think the the advent of of entertainment on demand is really what's changing, and out of that is going to become a new paradigm. I think I think you're right. We're gonna we're running short on time, and so I want to. Did you want to add something? Well, you know, you you talked about Mike to me about Spotify, um, and I've, I've read recently that a lot of people are. A lot of artists are pulling their stuff away from Spotify. They're not sort of quite happy with the way it's going. The deal, we'll have a conversation after. The, oh, okay. After. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Really quick, I want to get to this because you know we've talked about this past year. We've talked about you know different things. I just want to just move forward to next year, 2014. First of all, 2013 like flew by so quickly. I mean, I blinked. It's over, right? For all intents and purposes, it's over. Um, 2014, there's a couple companies I just want to throw out there that, that A, number one, I'm surprised Avid is still around, but actually their stock is, is going up, you know, it's, it was down to five, it was up eight bucks last time I checked. Rising tide floats all boats. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So we'll have to see what happens next year, but you know, another company, and I'm really curious to see what happens at this NAM show, um, and we're going to have one podcast before the NAM show, so I just want to tease that. Um, but I'm concerned about Roland because – Ro- there we go. Roland was such a player. I was talking with, with Martin. We were driving back, and, and we had this conversation about Roland. And, and, you know, Roland had the D50, and they had all these great synths, and they, they had all – I mean, they were just on fire for so long. And, and then – exactly. But look at Korg. Korg's Korg doing some vital, yeah. really yeah. great stuff. They've gotten into the, you know, apps they've done. You know, they have this, you know, app for a Nintendo 3DS that's pretty awesome. I mean, they're doing a lot of really cool things. But Roland, he just and you Yamaha, don't, they, you don't, they've, yeah. they've given yeah. up almost. Yeah. I mean, I just it's going to be. I mean, anybody have any other companies that they're kind of curious or concerned about for 2014? I wouldn't throw in the towel on Roland just yet. I mean, well, I'm not, I think that, I'm not throwing them, but I'm definitely on the um, looking at the buzzards that might be stopping. They're by. a huge company, and they have done a really good job of exploring all different aspects of electronic musical instruments and recording. I mean, it's not only the synthesizers. I mean, you just bought a Jupiter 80, as yeah. you just mentioned. And the pedals, right? you know. With you know, those, their yeah. boss pedals, you know, those are standards. People buy those all the time. But they make little, you know, I have a little teeny tiny Roland field recorder that's a wonderful thing. They make, you know, they make interfaces. They make recording devices. They make yeah. all sorts of things. No, they make, right, they make these little things, but they're not, you know, they're come not on. They're, they're not the mega They're not, they're not cutting edge. They're not yeah. coming out with their... Look, they're de- in the music world, Roland is defined by their sense. I mean, whether we like it or not, that's what defines that company. So There was a pivotal time when they made a drastically wrong decision about software. 
you know, they basically were so late admitting that music software was even going to be a viable market in the early right. plug-in days. And I remember right when they made that because I was actually involved in some of the lobbying from some of the factions within the company to other factions, you know, about where things were going production-wise. Right. right. And they completely made the wrong choice. And so, that so, is still – they're still suffering from that. Well, I mean, and they did invest in the whole sonar, that whole Roland hardware piece. Eventually. That were, that were, and, but they came late to the party on that. Wait but a lot wait of the Japanese – because I know that you and I were doing similar stuff on this time, Robin. And a lot of the Japanese companies were so uh, set into hardware. That's what they saw. They sold boxes. And a lot of the other companies were selling software app, you know, things that go on your computer. Right. And I think what's happened is, hey, you could buy the next. I mean, you think about it, all the next synth is is a sound library. Well, now you get to buy sound libraries from a lot of different library companies. Yeah, but, that's true. And, but, and it all is a sound set. But look at Korg. Yeah. Korg's been cranking out keyboards left and right. I mean, they went Kronos and now Chrome. And I, I, I mean, I went this year, I bought a brand new synth, first time in probably about five years, right? So I went shopping for, for synths and I played a lot of different synths and and I got a tremendous deal on an old Korg. It was the uh, the M3, which is a phenomenal – that's the keyboard right before the, the Kronos. And, um, you know, they're still making these cutting-edge keyboards. And, and I went – I was looking at Roland and they had the uh, the Jupiter, the one that, that Martin has. And then they have the little brother of that. But besides that – Not a lot of people are laying out three – I mean I remember a Profit 5 was $6,000. Right. Yeah. There's but, nobody pumping out – Four or five thousand dollars. But you know what? There, there is, there is, there's, you know, keyboards are still valid. There's a really great reason to have a keyboard, and it's more so than just having the physical keyboard, which is, you know, awesome. You know, well, you, you have the physical, master, I mean, right? Need, you have yeah. that, but the sound, the actual sound of that. If you get away from your sound card, the actual sound of that particular instrument. Look at the Prophet. 12, right? I mean, it has a sound. The 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 output, the amps on that, I mean, they have that sound. The you know? is, is a good keyboard as well. I mean, they were trying to do that as well. That's a that. great keyboard, yeah, actually. They did, they, they, did really well with, they did well with that because it was like, what's it, uh, Bobby, the S, SH101? SH101. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's their like new version of that, and I find that's that... That's what they've with, come out with. That. But, that, yeah, but, see, but see, yeah. that, but that came out years ago it's not like it just came out you know that that one no, they've definitely looked at their best work and said let's do, do it again yeah. 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 i'll tell you something though just a little prediction right. software companies that make self-synthesizers will start making hardware synths in, in the next year it, that's expensive though that's but, i mean that no involved, but that involves a whole lot of you know it's coming definitely i think it's coming too i will say if you look back at the pivotal moment with Roland and Yamaha to a certain extent, but it was that fear of copy protection that completely pa- paralyzed them about yeah. software. Software is something people steal, so we're not going to do software. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is a while ago, but um, that sort of paralysis is what kills companies. I mean, you can't, you have to figure out what's coming down the pike and, and learn how to adapt it and deal with it. I mean, it's like when drum machines started and all these drummers were going around. You know, completely depressed about it. Well, if you were a great drummer, the trick was learn to be a great drum programmer. And those guys flourished and had a great living. Anybody who then just tried to fight it and said, no, I'm just, I'm not going to deal with drum machines, well, you're just missing the boat. And it's one thing if an individual does it, you're just affecting your own career if you do that to yourself. When a giant company does that, it's, it could be the end of that company. And it's very, 
sneaky when that happens, you know, because it's not like all of a sudden one day it's here's this big decision we need to make about whether we're doing software or not. Right. With Roland, the writing was on the wall for a really long time. Yeah. And they had flirted with software and had a bad experience, but it's amazing. There have been plenty of <coughs> excuse me. There have been plenty of other companies like when New England Digital went under with Sinclair, you know, completely yeah. ignoring the the young upstart Pro Tools and uh, or was Sound Tools at the time. Um, it's amazing how companies can grow in arrogance and just say, well, we're big enough and smart enough that this wave that's approaching is not going to affect us. Right. And it never works out that way. I, but, well, I don't think Roland is a New England digital. No, I mean, they've I, got V drums and they've got no, home organ no, lines. But the arrogance was the pianos. same. In, in, the early days of the, in the early days of software, though, the arrogance was identical to New England digital. Yeah. It wasn't the high-end thing where we're getting each customer to pay half a million dollars. It's more like we're getting half a million customers to pay one dollar. Yeah. But the bottom line is still arrogance. Well, and, and, I, no, I was just, just going to say, to Roland's credit, um, they do have a lock on great – uh, drums. Their drums are phenomenal. I mean, you just can't. You can't beat their drums. You know what? I was going to say. Can't beat their drums. Then what good are they? Thank you. That was so easy. That was so good. Thank you so much for that. You were on fire. That was a Christmas present, Mike. Thank you. Set up the payoff. I'll take it. I'm done. I got to leave now. I got nothing else. That was it. All right. I was just going to say, you know, when you you look at the big tech companies and you find out when they're asked the question, who do you fear the most? You know, what's your competitors? Is Microsoft worried about Google or is Apple worried about Google? And they all say the same thing. They're worried about the guy in his garage who's coming up with the next best thing. And when you look at a lot of the guys coming up with great software stuff, and, and these are guys have nothing to lose and everything to gain, there's some interesting stuff coming up, and they're definitely giving a lot of these bigger companies a run for their money. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this next year. I mean, 2014, there's going to be – I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Avid. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Roland. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with some of the software companies who have now been developing for 10 years and – there's kind of not a backlash, but more and more they're finding people are reluctant to pay the, you know, the hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars to get the next version of whatever their software. So we're gonna see where does that go because there's a lot. Think of all those plugins that I mean, I have a bunch of plugins that I have to keep an old computer around because they don't make them anymore, and they're fantastic plugins. But once they're gone, they're gone, and it's just this you know, out into the digital ether of nothingness. So that's going to be really great. Hey, we're going to have to wrap this up. But first of all, I just want to say, guys, this was awesome. Thank you so much. And I want to thank Yay! thanks to uh, Fred and thanks to Mickey for joining us. It was fantastic. And um, um, thanks to the wives for still being awake. I was going to say <laughs> thanks to the friends and family. <laughs> Actually, I got to, I got to call out, I got to call out um, my good friend, um, Christy. Because uh, both Colin and Jeremy couldn't make it. And she's been going back into the studio (laughs) every five minutes. Just making sure that we're still rolling. (laughs) Also, she had a drug problem. She kept nipping up. Wow. Bring it back to the old days. (laughs) So so thank you, Christy. Hey, before we go, um, really quick, let's just, uh, uh, you know, Rob. 
what are you up to? What are you down? What are you doing next year? He's in Austin all the time. I'm in Austin all the time. Yeah. I'm going back to Austin in, in the next couple of days, actually. But uh, I've been working with this band, helping to develop the band. It's not like we've been in production this whole time. But developing this band, uh, we'll be having our first release in the spring, and I'm super excited about it. And uh, we've done some recording. We're going to be ramping up and doing more recording. I said before we put out a call for songs. Uh, I think I did that over Skype right. last yeah. time I was in, right? Yeah. Uh, we are still looking for great songs, although we have found a bunch of them and written a bunch of them and uh, just couldn't be going better. It's great. Awesome. Brandon, what about you? What can you talk about? All sorts of things. Uh, let's see. Lots of movies working on Guardians of the Galaxy, Godzilla, Captain America. What? what? Some other ones I can't you, talk about. Because you haven't been here in a little bit. What were a couple yeah. of the recent releases that you, you did some sound design on? Uh, we just finished the Godzilla trailer. There's a lot of stuff in that. Um, we finished Guard- Guardians of the Galaxy, a lot of stuff in that. We just we just mixed Expendables 3 the other day, which has – it was funny. We had to uh, – the challenge was to record – take uh, the, the whistle – Colonel Bogey uh, march from Bridge Over R- River Kwai with the whistles and turn that into like a rock song for Expendables. So that was my challenge, and it finished. So <laughs> <laughs> you can all be the judge. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, lots of stuff going on. Cool. Fred. Cool. How about you? Uh, You're working on an album? That- yeah. Now i got to figure out what to do. <laughs> uh, I'll spend next year trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> Is um, your album close to coming out? Or you- well, I'm just getting it mastered this week. So Wow. Yeah. You are close. I've got to jump in here. I worked with Fred a, you know, when, a few years ago when we were working with Bernie Taupin and this man is a superb musician. Oh, thanks, yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to hearing it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you know what? We're going to bring you back again when your album uh, releases and we can talk about it. And I'm yeah. looking forward to hearing it drops, that. drops, as the kids say. Yes. <laughs> uh, Mickey, how about you? Oh, thank you. I uh, actually have just recently purchased uh, Boss... And Korg products. Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually uh, gearing up uh, to put together a one-man show where I'm playing. Um, I may play drums, but if not, I'll be playing keyboard drums and uh, bass guitar singing um, for a one-man show, which involves uh, live looping and then piecing that all together to perform the entire song songs. So awesome. that's what I'm working on right now, uh, in addition to all the other stuff. That is on the list. Well, keep us posted, and when you start gigging, you you know, let us know, and we'll uh, bring you back on. And, you know, we can get a link to your website. Good. <laughs> Nick, how about you? Well, I'm working on this glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm actually very excited about a very non-work related thing, which is you know the Christmas season is coming, and right. I'm going back home. In a few days, uh, Marin County is home for me up in uh, the Bay Area. Nice. And it's a long, long story, but my dad's house burned down, the house that oh. I grew up in. It got built again. It took like three years to rebuild it. And the last thing that was missing was a piano. And so when I was up there for Thanksgiving, we found this gorgeous six foot nine Kauai piano. And awesome. I just got the pictures yesterday of the six movers moving the piano down the stairs and into the living room. Wow. So I'll be spending all next week sitting there and tickling the ivories on that. That's awesome. Nice. That's great. Bobby, how about you? Uh, just finishing the first stage of this sample library that's been an ongoing thing. Um, and it's basically just sitting there editing hours and hours and hours a day for 
it's been like seven weeks now non-stop so that's what i've been up to is it yeah. anything you can talk about or you um, well, i can't wait? tell you specifically but it's for the audio bro you know it's, it's yeah. the audio bro is going out the new the second I, second edition of that library so oh that that library is phenomenal yeah, so hopefully we're gonna bring Sebastian back on. Yeah, we will. We bring Andrew and Sebastian back on, and we will we'll hopefully. Uh, Those guys so, were good. Yeah, be, be good, and that's it. Then I'm um, installing the console. It's uh, that's a bit of a <coughs> bit of a job too. Get, yeah, getting all the Elko's wired and everything. <laughs> I gotta pop over there because I'll tell you one thing: that if Bobby's gonna wire it and do it, you know yeah. it's gonna be done right oh. because. But you're talking about the wrong Bobby. Maybe yeah. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm senior studio, brother. Uh, thank, you, thank you, Mikey. Scott, how about you? Very uh, Mary oh, Mary. goodness. Uh, well, we finished off uh, the year. I uh, finished off a couple of different video games. Uh, Wildstar. Um, also been doing some work with Star Citizen, which is probably the largest um, uh, uh, video game that was created on... Um, uh, the thing you need to do an edit. What's that when you... Ask Old age? No, no. When you ask for money, you get... Uh, Kickstarter. Kickstarter, yes. Kickstarter. Is that an edit? It's the largest Kickstarter <laughs> game of all time. I think they got $30 million wow. in Kickstarter for a thing called Star Citizen. And we just finished that. Uh, start two new movies uh, starting January 6th. <clears throat> and there's some new news I'll have next year, uh, which will be pretty exciting about, uh, about what stuff that's going on in my world. Awesome. Awesome. Bobby O. Well, things have been busy as usual. Um, social media promotion for musicians is out and doing well. And a new three-book set uh, called Deconstructed Hits just came out, which is an X-ray look inside hits from various genres and uh, looks at the song form and the arrangement and the production and the sound and how they're all similar and yet different. So uh, three books have just come out on the first three books, and there's uh, several more. Uh, later, so th- that's kind of cool. And then um, this blues record that I produced and mixed was nominated for uh, Record of the Year for Blues Music Awards. So that's kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Hey, um, really quick, um, this is a message for Steve Greenberg, who's one of our listeners, who won Bobby's book. Oh, nice. But you have not replied to my messages for your contact info. So, Steve. If you listen to this podcast, please send me a message so that we can send you Bobby Osinski's Maybe he's gone, first, off, he's gone off the book or something. No, the like first you know? book. He's literally – Bobby gave away the first the proof, proof, wow. the proof. Yes. of his wow. one of his books. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. it's not being picked up. Yeah. 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 You need a snail mail address. Uh, yeah. Yes, Steve, because I want it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if we don't hear from you soon, my friend um, – well, going, going. say it, say it. I get that. <laughs> yeah, it'll be proof. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have to figure it out. Yeah, because I don't know what we'll do if we're. I hope nothing happened to Steve. Yeah. Steve, I hope nothing happened to you. Hey, hope, <laughs> you okay. hope you can hear us. <laughs> I, know. I know. Sorry. Hey, help, Martin. How about you? Well, I'm locked in that wonderful cocoon that I just you know write every day, and um, I've, I've got a you know a lot of lot of material. I mean, over the last year, I've just been constantly writing and it's all been very nebulous and in different styles um and over a period of time they start to speak to me and they start to tell me that they're they're either an album or they're something else um i've just been lost in that um that world in the studio and the songs have been i've been very fortunate i've never had that sort of disease of writer's block i need i need to interrupt you okay Okay. because 
I got the privilege of hearing some of the stuff that Martin's been writing, and it's phenomenal. It's probably some of your best stuff yet. And and uh, you say that every year. No, this because it keeps getting better. <laughs> You've been practicing; it shows. <laughs> More than two chords. It's happening. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I know there's going to be some fun stuff happening this year, but. Brother, you got some good stuff. Thank you very much. Really, Mike. I mean, and I'm lost in it. So it's like you, you know, the the thing I've always dreamt about is that you you get lost in what you're doing, and um, that's what I've been. The interesting thing is I'm finding that I'm my styles are changing. So it's like I can move into lots of different areas, and I've been challenging myself writing music that I wouldn't have usually have thought that I should go towards, right. um, and that's been enlightening to me, and I'm just going steady at that. And, and at a certain point, some of the material, um, you sort of know that it's a project, and um, I think probably it'll soon speak to me that way. But uh, it's been a good year being lost in creativity. <laughs> Great. Mike, how about you? <laughs> no, it's Okay. Go ahead and then I'll um, <laughs> I was like, wow. No, we were both going to talk. That's an edit, Mike. You're sitting right here, but you know that's an edit. Don't do the fuck, 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 There we go. <laughs> so, Mike, what are you doing these days? Um, uh, I'm, I've got a ton of animation stuff for next year, so that'll keep me busy over at the day job. And I'm working on some music um, on my own and just uh, – Boy, we're going to have to do a podcast because I've got this project that we've been trying to get out for almost two years. But um, I hooked up with this corporate partner and just be aware of who you partner with. And that's actually – it's a good topic for another podcast because sometimes things stop or get stalled or can't get out and you have no control of them going to that next stage. So you're sitting there going, I'm done. I'm done. And it's just – beyond your control of it going to the next. So hopefully we'll see that through and life will be good on that. But that's what I'm up to. So, hey, Rob, did you want to say something really quick? Yeah, I just – I realized uh, when it was my turn, I forgot to chime in. You know, I've talked a bit about – it has nothing to do with music but the e-commerce store yep. that I've worked on, Drop to Your Shop, which is now open to the public. But uh, no one here may realize that last weekend we got a huge publicity blitz – uh, we got mentioned in Yahoo Finance and some other places. Anyway, the short version of the story is we had a trickle of users up until this point. Within one day, last the uh, half of Friday and half of Saturday last weekend, 100,000 people came Yay. to visit. Woo-hoo! And wow. over 50,000 signed up uh, wow. just for emails and newsletters and stuff. And it's just been nonstop since. So um, it was a bit of a panic because we weren't expecting 100,000 people. <laughs> But we've been working like crazy to be able to handle that kind of capacity, and it's just been unbelievably exciting. And it's complete creative excitement, the same as music is. It's just not doesn't happen to be musical. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, listen. I want to um, once again. I want to thank everybody who listens. And guys, you're awesome. You send great emails. You send great messages. And really, you know, we do all this, and, and we do it basically because we enjoy talking. But we also enjoy the feedback that we get from you guys. So thank you so much. And for there's some listeners out there that have been with us all these seven years, almost eight years. And the ones in the asylum? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing. They're still there. They're still active. They still like the comments and stuff like that. I'm just – I just – it blows me away. I mean I just feel really honored to have some of these people that I consider friends now. And sure. so I just want to – you know, as we go into the holiday season, you know, we want to wish everybody happy holidays. But also, you know, we don't want to take for granted that yeah. we know you guys are out there and you're doing a great job. I also want to thank um, our sponsor, 
API. They um, they sponsor this podcast, and it, without them, you know, there would be no podcast. Yeah, they get a round of applause. <laughs> no, they're, and they're really great and they have some great and what about the strippers what about the strippers <laughs> that have supported us tonight alright it's going to be crazy well I better quit while I'm ahead so thank you so much for listening and for myself and all the guys at the Audio Nowcast thank you we'll see you next year to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and West Wave Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez and uses Aphex's 230 Master Channel Voice Processor. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>